Welcome to another episode of THC Podcast, also known as the Heart Chakra Podcast, where I discuss matters of the heart and the relationship element of life. I'm the host, JTR, recording live from the Midwest of America, Columbus, Ohio, to be exact. And tonight I have a very, very special guest. Uh, Before I introduce this special guest, I'll just kind of give a little bit of background about her. Um, on some other episodes, previous episodes, I've kind of talked about, uh, the person that I'm dating and some of the experiences I've had with her. And tonight I have her on the show. She and I have been dating off and on for about four years now. And it's been a, a a really dope relationship experience, I would say for myself, but also for the both of us. And, um, I just started having special guests join the pod, uh, like a couple episodes ago. So it was only right and only natural to have my significant other, my life partner join the podcast. And without further ado, I introduce you to Mocha Hot Latte. What's up, babe? Hey! (laughs) How you feeling, love? I'm feeling great. I love that introduction. I should have recorded it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is being recorded uh, on the podcast. So you can... Go back and listen to it whenever you want for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, I need that on an intro to like a song or something. <laughs> yeah. For the album. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know, uh, Mocha can sing. You know, she has many talents. So uh, you never know. One day she might drop an album and I'll be the one speaking on it on the intros and interludes in the <laughs> outro. <laughs> So, uh, have you been on a podcast before? I have been on a podcast before. It was um, in person. So, um, this is definitely a different experience for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was in person. So, yeah. it was. We talked about different things on the first podcast that I was a part of. So, yeah. Did you have a good experience on that podcast? I did. It was fun. It was fun. We laughed a lot. So, yeah. That's dope. That's fire. Um, are you nervous? <laughs> Do I seem nervous? No, you seem very comfortable. Oh, okay. <laughs> you normally seem comfortable around me, but I know you said this is a new experience for you. So I think we have had a lot of new experiences dating each other um, mm-hmm. these last you know, few years. And every day is something new with us. So I'm glad that you accepted this invitation. It was something I've been... Uh, thinking about for a while and definitely one of the goals I've had with creating content Mm -hmm. you're a content creator as well and um, I think you inspire me to tap more into my creative personality as well so I appreciate you for that oh babe you're welcome I'm happy you started your podcast yeah thank you for being so supportive of course so um one of the first things I want to talk to you about is long-distance relationships because you and I have not always been in a long-distance relationship, but that has been our arrangement for a majority of our relationship. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's how I would define it. How would you define a long-distance relationship? Um, so I feel like our relationship has been long-distance for most of the relationship um now how i how how i would define a long distance relationship is 
two people separated from each other, living separately, um, also who trust each other. Two people who trust each other, who live in separate homes, far <laughs> from each other as well. Um, and someone, and two people who are willing to stay committed to the relationship. So that's how I would define like a long distance relationship. Can you be in a long distance relationship in the same city? Can you be in a long distance relationship in the same city? No. Okay. What about? I don't think that's possible. I don't think that's possible because I feel like you guys are in the same city. You're able to see each other more than two people who live in two different states. Okay. So if you're in the same state, it's not a long distance relationship. Even if, what if you're in a different city in the same state? Is that long distance? If you're in the same state but a different city, correct. I will feel like it all depends. It depends on the distance between the two. Honestly, mm. I feel like it would depend on the distance because there are some cities that are like hours from each other. You know, right. state. So I feel like it would depend on the distance. Honestly, so like more than two hours. Definitely more than two hours. Okay. Two hours, I'm coming to see you, like, every day. <laughs> okay. Like, I'm coming to see you every day. Okay. The only difference in that is we're not s sleeping every night together. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like a long-distance relationship, you guys are, like, far apart. And it takes a little bit more time and commitment and, like being so far apart from each other like i feel like two hours is not considered two hours or under it's not considered a long distance relationship okay okay i think it's important to kind of provide context with respect what a long distance relationship looks like because i think that's something people should consider when they decide to what type of relationship they want with somebody you could be feeling somebody and y'all might have a dope connection and then you got to think about what the frequency of seeing each other would be like. You know, I think when you're in a non-longest relationship, the expectation is probably to see somebody multiple times a week. Mm -hmm. Whereas in a non, in a longest relationship, that begins to be more so monthly or bi-monthly, depending mm -hmm. on the distance. You know, I think to your point, if you're in the same state, you're probably expecting to see your partner at least once a month in a longest relationship because as you mentioned you could be in a same state but different with that distance is like more than two hours that's a longest relationship right mm -hmm. but um you know if it's you know you might be in different states you know but uh that could might that might look something more like bi-monthly you know depending on if those are neighboring states there are states on the same part of the country, <laughs> you know, if mm -hmm. I can drive to you or if I need to fly to you just because of, because, you know, speaking of distance, everybody's boundaries when it comes to that driving distance is different, <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, so I think that's, that's, 
that's something to kind of keep in mind too. Is this the first long distance relationship you've been in, or have you been in one before? This is the first long distance relationship that I've been in. Really? Yes. So, what do you like and dislike about being in a long distance relationship with me? Okay, so um, I'm not gonna go into too much detail. <laughs> 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 but so what I like about being in a long distance relationship with you is first you've shown me from day one that I can trust you and I feel like being in a long distance relationship you have to trust your partner you have to trust who you're dating to commit to a long distance relationship because you spend so much time away from each other that you're not you don't know what the other person is doing, like what their what their time, who they're talking to. So you have to trust that person. And you've shown me that I can trust you from day one with your honesty and openness. Okay. Um, also, it makes our relationship stronger, like being in a long distance relationship. Um, so that's I feel like the times that we're separated that from each other, like we're not physically together it makes our relationships um it makes the like like anxious for me to see you you know mm-hmm. like it's it's like that feeling like that new feeling like I just it's our first date or something like <laughs> yeah um and I feel like feeling that way just makes our relationship like just stronger each time that's dope babe that's uh interesting that you um said that the distance makes you want to see me more because for some people they might say uh that would make <laughs> you like out of sight out of mind type thing you know like I don't mm. I don't see you enough so mm-hmm. I, I really want to see you again whereas some people like feel like they need to see somebody more and more because uh, that'll make them want to see them more like more frequently but I think sometimes that can remove a little bit of the desire you know if you feel like I know I'm going to see you whenever I want to. So, like, what's the real urgency versus there's a little distance. I may not know when I'm going to see you again based upon our schedules or I know when I'm going to see you again. And that could be, you know, sometimes, like, with us, we've had times in our relationship where we've seen each other, like, every other month. Then we, mm-hmm. there's been times where we've gone months without seeing each other, you know, even, you know, this year alone, um, you know, outside of like that time period between like May and then July, we went a few months without seeing each other. And that was, you know, very challenging for us. But once we reconnected in November, now we're seeing each other again in December and January. So I think uh, there's a lot of validity to, you know, what you mentioned about that. Is there anything that you dislike about being in a long distance relationship with me? any dislikes so I would say there's just only two things that I dislike about being in a long distance relationship I feel like I'm missing out on the fun (laughs) that you have um without me (laughs) um although I'm not invited to most of the fun that you have or that you go to or that you attend but I just feel like I'll be missing out on certain events um and physical lack of like physical touch, like that's the only thing I dislike. Um, 
I would add something else though. I do this. I dislike being in a, a long distance relationship when um, I need that physical touch when I'm not feeling like I'm kind of going through things in life. Like when I need like a hug or physical touch basically. And that can, you know, cause stress or whatever. And it just helps like when you're with your partner. You're like there. So that's the only thing. That's what I kind of dislike about being in a long distance relationship. Other than that, like, I like it. That's real. I think that's very honest. And those are things that I think people have to take into consideration when they decide to commit to something like that or even experiment with something like that. Right. Um, And those are things that you have to ask your partner. Like it's once that new relationship energy, that new honeymoon phase wears off, Mm -hmm. the the real part starts to settle in and Mm -hmm. that'll really test you to see like how bad you really want to be in a relationship with somebody. Like it's super easy to just be like, I'll see you when I see you. Like this is casual for me, you know, versus like, nah, um, I really like you and I want to be committed to us working towards that next level because I see us, I see me wanting to go there with you. Do you see yourself going there with me? And if that person has that same, is aligned with that, then there has to be a plan, you know, like you can't mm-hmm. just kind of go with the flow in a long distance relationship. There needs to be some intention and some planning behind it. So right. if you're not like a planner or very organized or anything like that, it could be very challenging. I say it's impossible, but it can be challenging. Um, but if, if you're very spontaneous and you can just pop up like whenever you feel like it, that, that can be cool too. But when there's not real uh, structure behind the spot in me, like, I, yeah, I saw you like two months in a row, but then I haven't seen you for six months. Like, you need to be able to, as a person, you need to be able to determine, like, can I handle that? Exactly. So, I just feel like people would. It all depends on a person and, and what they're willing to, willing to commit to if a long distance is for them. You know, if you're not willing to put the work in and be committed to certain things and be okay with, you know, that lack of physical touch and your person being there, then don't do it. <laughs> That's real, yeah. So. so what are some things that, we do that make our relationship successful you know with the understanding about there's some things that you dislike and those could be some deal breakers for some people how you know what are some things that you think you know that we do that kind of make it worth some of the things you dislike about a long distance relationship so um some of the i feel like some of the things that we do um, that makes our long distance relationship successful. Um, I feel like one thing is, and our communication may not be its best, but I feel like we try our best to communicate with each other. And we try to not let disagreements kind of overpower the relationship. Like we, it's, you know, we disagree and we move forward. And I feel like being in a long distance relationship that matters because can you imagine like 
being long distance from your partner and you disagree and you guys just go days and weeks without speaking, it's kind of like you said, like out of sight, out of mind, you know, like, so I feel like our, our communication and wanting to still grow in that area is one of the things that we do um, to make our long distance relationship successful and, you know, we're, it, it works for us. Um, I feel like we reassure each other as well. Um, you know, with loving and kind words, um, that helps as well for us. <laughs> um, and we plan to see each other. I feel like our we talk a lot as well, you know, over the phone. And I feel like it helps that we're able to share, like, conversations about work as well so I feel like the amount of times we speak throughout the day kind of helps the relationship it being long distance so the communication and the the planning of when to see each other again and things like that yes those are good uh, I, I think I really love what you mentioned about being able to communicate about work I think Sometimes in relationships, partners have two totally different work experiences. <laughs> and sometimes I think, and just being very candid, men don't always want to hear about their partner's work day. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> and I think that's something that women don't like uh, really understand sometimes. <laughs> and I think it's one thing to kind of be able to create a space where you can just vent and just talk but it's not to say that all men are like this but all men all men are not <laughs> going to aren't built like that you know I think um they would prefer like you talk to your girls about that or you know you talk to somebody at work about that don't come home talking to me about work mm -hmm. stuff because I really I'm trying to decompress from the work stuff from my day so to hear about your shit is like I don't even want to talk about that. Let's leave work at work. That's the reality of how it is. Now, I think with us, especially if they can't even like comprehend or understand what the hell they're doing, like they date somebody that's uh, <laughs> not. Let's, I'm just being very candid about it. Like talking to somebody that is a nurse, and I have no medical background or anything like that. So I'm just gonna be like, it's not to say that I don't care, but like the conversation is not going to be stimulating. Because you're looking for a certain level of interaction. Um, and I'm just going to be like, man, that's crazy. <laughs> or, damn, that's, that's wild, you know? So now, so why if, not? now wait, I'm, I'm getting there. So now, now, if the person that's given that conversation is just saying, hey, I just need you to just listen. You ain't even really got to right. chime in. That's different. Yeah, but if you, like, having a conversation, because normally a conversation goes both ways. You listen and then you talk as opposed to just listening and you're not really engaging. Cause sometimes that can be like non-stimulating for some people. Now, what I will say about us with us again, like we met at work, you know? And so um, we've always been able to communicate about that at work, outside of work. And it hasn't really been um, anything that has weighed down of our relationship. If anything, that's brought us together to your point. So I think uh, even though it can be a little tricky dating people that you work with, 
I think in our particular situation, it was something that, in my opinion, was like a, a blessing in a lot of ways to be able to just talk to you. And like, you really understand the nuances of my frustrations. It'd be one thing if I'm just talking about some workplace drama, but to be talking about the frustrations that go on at work, like you understand it intimately and you can relate so we can converse about that. And that just brings us further together. And I wonder sometimes, like, even though I left the company where you currently work now, not to say any names or anything like that, but, and, and I work with a company that works like very closely with it. Like we still have the same or very similar experiences, but sometimes I wonder like, man, like whenever you leave or what if I leave where I'm working, like, what is that going to look like when we talk about that? Because we've been talking about, that's been a part of our relationship for ever since the beginning. So that would be like a part of our relationship that is no longer there. Um, I'm sure like it would be a, a different transition. We, we might actually fit seamlessly with that, but um, it's just something that I, that I kind of think about. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I know you was about to say something and I was like, I'm getting there. <laughs> I, I, I got to start taking notes when I, when I have <laughs> to say something because you be having a lot to say and I, sometimes I just lose my train of thought sometimes. <laughs> I have to... <laughs> But um, I feel like if we were to go separate ways um, as far as like our work, I feel like it will still work because and how we communicate. If you worked, if I was still at the same company and you went somewhere else and you still wanted to kind of decompress and talk to me about it, I'm going to still give you the same like I can't really give feedback because I'm not too sure on like your day-to-day, your responsibilities or whatever the case may be with the job that you're, you know, the job that you're doing. But I'm going to ask questions. I'm still going to interact. Like, I'm still going to be curious, you know, like, because I don't want you to feel like I'm not interested in what you're talking about as a partner. Like, if even though I'm not doing the job or I don't share this, you know, uh, the same responsibilities or know what you're doing, I'm still going to want to know, you know, I'm, so I'm going to ask questions so that is, it is like a back and forth, you know, like conversation. I don't want you to just kind of vent and just keep going and going and going. It's going to seem to you like, dang, is she interested or not? I don't want you to feel that way. So I'm going to ask questions, you know what I mean? Like, what it like, what do you do? Or what this other person do? Why do, why did this other person do? Like, I'm going to ask questions so that I kind of, you can, sense that I'm interested in and I'm like interacting with, with you so I don't think it's going to be that much different but it is going to differ though because we're going to be doing two different things if we both kind of go our separate ways from what we do now interesting so what do you think about like work wives and work husbands <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> what do I feel about work wives and work husbands um, I mean, what about them? Like, I mean, like sometimes so, they serve their purpose. Like, I don't. <laughs> hmm. So I think that's a, I think that's kind of like, um, as far as like, if, if someone is dating somebody that they feel like, man, my partner, like, I want to talk to him about work shit, but they just, they're just not that, that they're just not the person for like that's not like that their 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 strength in our relationship like but i have a work husband 
who like we talk about work shit all the time, like either at work or we go to get some drinks after work or at holiday parties or like work related events, work related <laughs> events. You know what I'm saying? We might go grab lunch together because like different jobs have different cultures. Some are more social than others. So th- I think this is especially true before COVID happened, before everybody was working remotely. Like when people had to interact and go to work every single day, things like that. You know, it's it was natural to have a little work wife, you might, or a work husband. You know, you might go to grab lunch. Now, I'm not saying y'all fucking, but y'all <laughs> might be flirting a little bit, but or it could be completely like platonic and casual. But it's somebody that you know you can talk to about work. You could talk to about life a little bit. Sometimes you might get a little personal, but for the most part, it's just somebody that you really trust and have a really dope bond with. Um, I remember you had a, a work husband for a little while after I left. <laughs> you being funny, because that is not even, no. Absolutely. <laughs> no, no I, I would joke with you about that. But y'all <laughs> no. Mm-mm. Sometimes work hubbies and wifeies be shooting they shot, though. That's their problem. <laughs> ain't got nothing to do with that. Like, nah, I'm good. I'm I'm good with the dating at work and creating new. I'm good with that. I'm good on that. If nah, <laughs> we could definitely keep it like a work relationship. Like, like you said, I wouldn't call him my work husband, but if this is somebody that I could I could talk to like about work or whatever, like that's fine. Like, I I wouldn't consider him a work husband though. <laughs> would Babe, you consider me your work husband when we was uh dating while we worked at the same place <laughs> not my work husband but my future husband yes <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so um earlier we talked about like new experiences you know potting with me or potting virtually is a new experience long distance relationship is with me is your is a new experience for you because you've never done that before and i think another new experience for for you and i has been like being in a ethical non-monogamous relationship would you agree or disagree with that um i agree i feel like yeah i feel like i've always been in excuse me i feel like i've always been in a non-monogamous relationship secretly <laughs> that's like, the, that's the key just, word like do you huh? feel like it, were, it was ethical though it, wasn't. it was secretive <laughs> it wasn't so how would you say what we have is different than what you've experienced before as I an feel like, monogamous relationship so I feel like is different because we're we're like we're in a knowing like we know that we're seeing other people you know like we know that we may connect with other people there's going to be new connections we are well aware of that like um and we agree to it um there's no set rules you know um, within our relationship now, so that's what kind of differ from my past relationships. So, what would you say are the the pros and cons of being in a 
ethical non-monogamous relationship versus a monogamous one? You know, to be honest, I feel like the pros and cons differ, like depending on your your experience in whichever relationship type yeah. you were in, whether it was, you know, monogamous or whether it was open. I feel like it, it's going to depend on that and what you're into. Um, but I feel like the pros... Um, of being in a non-monogamous relationship versus let me talk about the pros for non-monogamous relationships first. <laughs> um, I feel like you're able to control the relationships you're in. Like you're able to kind of be more open to your partners and, and, to, and with your primary partner if you decide to have a primary partner. Um, I feel like that's a pro and you're also able to kind of connect with different people. It don't have to be sexual. It don't have to be a romantic relationship. It could be a casual platonic relationship. Um, and just being able to connect with people, it could lead to other things, you know, like, um, it can help elevate you in life. Like it don't even necessarily have to be sexual. Like I said, you know, it don't even have to go there. Um, what I would say a con of a non-monogamous relationship, I would say trying to find people that are compatible with you. Like that's, that would be a con because I feel like a lot of people, there's, the community is not that big and it's hard finding people that, that is, you know, into that type of relationship style. Um, but there are other, I feel like there are other cons as well. Um, it could be fear, you know, fear of potentially your partner meeting other, meeting someone and you're not the primary anymore. You know, they done booted you out <laughs> and now the other person is primary. So I would say definitely fear. Um, and also, I feel like a con being in a non-monogamous relationship could be, you know, it's a high risk of obtaining like STI, STDs, you know, like I feel like it's high. And it all, like I said, it all depends on you. Like it all depends on the person and what you're into. I feel like being in a non-monogamous relationship, everyone is going to go about it differently. So what my pros are going to be different from yours, you know, and and your cons is going to be different from mine. Um, would you agree or would you disagree? <laughs> I, I agree with a lot of the things that you said. I think those are some really good points that you bring up, um, especially about when you were mentioning the cons, when you were discussing about uh, those fears. You know, those fears <laughs> are... Even though fear, you know, to some people, that's an acronym for false evidence appearing real. Um, I think that it's still a very natural human emotion. Mm -hmm. But um, one of the pros, I would say, to kind of that is like a complementary opposite to that is uh, compersion, where you can kind of embrace that fear instead of like running away from it. 
and you find ways to communicate and confront that fear. Now, some of those times, those are going to be something that your partner is going to have to help you with. But a majority of those times are going to be things that you're going to have to learn how to confront on your own and deal with on your own. And when I say confront and deal with it, it's not saying that I should ignore it. But what it's saying is like getting to the root of that fear. Like, I feel this way because what? Right. And if that happens, then what happens? Right. Mm -hmm. So to your point, example that you gave was like, well, what if my primary partner leaves me? Okay. Well, if they leave you, then what happens? Well, I'm going to be single. Okay. Well, if you're single, then what happens? Well, if I'm single, then I'm going to be sad because I feel like I'm going to be with my partner the rest of my life and go get married. Okay. Well, if that doesn't happen, then what? You know, and I think, uh, a lot of times the end of the world isn't one of those answers, even though it might feel like that, it's really not. Um, and sometimes that doesn't happen and we surprise ourselves, but you know, sometimes we kind of think about the negative all the time. You can potentially attract that, you know, and um, sometimes people can sense that. So, uh, but you know, to your point about that fear, it is something that's real, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's, I think it helps you to have more realistic expectations um, and it enforces more communication, you know? Um, and so when you communicate those fears to somebody, it helps you create boundaries. Right. And I think that's another thing that I really respect about ethical non-monogamous relationships compared to monogamous ones, where I think monogamous ones are more rule-based and, the difference between a boundary and a rule to me is a rule is something that you place on someone else and how to govern their behavior and how they move with their, do with their body and do with their spare time and relationships that they have, you know, whereas boundaries is like, Hey, if you're going to be in a relationship with me, this is how I want you to treat me and my body. Now what you do with your body and your time is on you. I have no control over that, you know, what you might do might make me feel a way, but these are my feelings. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like these aren't true. Right. So sometimes, sometimes what you do is going to make me feel great. Sometimes what you do is going to make me feel different, but at the end of the day, they're still my feelings. So I have a responsibility of how I manage and control them. Um, and sometimes you influence them, but you don't it's no sense to me to give somebody else complete control over your feelings and emotions. Right. And but that takes a different level, a higher awareness of emotional intelligence and um, just maturity and self-awareness. But everybody doesn't look at it that way. And to your point, I think another great comment you brought up is that compatibility, because so many people, especially in our society, are have been conditioned the monogamous way of doing things. But in a lot of ways, they have non-monogamous relationships, but it's just so happy they put the intimate romantic ones on a higher pedestal than the platonic ones. Instead of look at them all kind of like in a similar way. But that's the nature of dating a lot of times. Everything isn't going to be equal, but a lot of times it can be equitable, right, with respect to the boundaries that you have for people. Um, and, and you're going to be able to set those. And even dating, sometimes there might be times where I may have more partners than you and 
we might have the same partners or we both might not have any partners, you know, or you might have more than me. So I think it's really important during that communication of boundaries and expectations to say, hey, this is how I want you to treat me. As long as you're this way, I feel loved and happy. And I don't have any issues and concerns. And what you do outside of the joy that you give me, if it gives you joy, then even better. Like that's plus, like it's adding joy to your life. It may not be adding joy to mind what someone is doing to you but the fact that you're happy is making me happy you know so i don't think a lot of people really see it that way people have a more um a more um i can't think of the word i want to use but it's like the opposite of abundant but like a little more limited um, mindset and possessive i guess is the word i want to use when it comes to their partners and things like that. Sometimes it's not even romantic partners. I know sometimes uh, people can just be jealous of friendship. I don't want you hanging with that person because that's my friend. <laughs> They're not yours. Remember when you said that when uh, I started getting cool with some of your coworkers? Yes. <laughs> I was becoming I was becoming territorial. Hey, these are my friends. They, you don't need to be a friend. <laughs> or y'all don't need to be his friend like that. You don't need to be all of our friends. <laughs> But that happens in relationships sometimes too, but outside of relationships as well. Um, you know, what do you think is a better arrangement for you? You feel like being in a monogamous relationship is better for you, or you prefer a non-monogamous one? Like, do you feel like you still be in a non-monogamous relationship if we weren't dating? Like you, you would still want that. Yes. Mm. Um, and the reason being the reason why I feel like, because it works for me, I have to do what works for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I may not be the, I may not have these, like, um, this long group, uh, this long list of things where it's like, I'm gonna, um, have all the, you know, have multiple partners. Like my way of being in a non-monogamous relationship differs, you know, from someone, like yourself, you know, like it's, it's too different, however, but it just works for me not feeling like, like I don't have freedom to be me. You know, I don't like to feel like I'm smothered and I can't do certain things. Like, I don't like feeling that, like being subjective to just what my partner wants, you know, like I want to be free. I don't want to, you know, it's not to say like, I'm just going to be doing whatever, you know, but I'm definitely going to respect myself and my partner first, you know, like, but outside of that, I just want to be able to live life. <laughs> and I feel like being in a monogamous relationship, you're subject to just you and your, your partner. And it's like, you can't do certain things. Kind of like what you said, as far as like, there's these rules like you can you only sexual with you you know like your partner your main your partner you're in a monogamous relationship with you can't speak to certain people you can't have this type of relationship with certain people and I don't like that <laughs> I don't like that um that relationship style it I, I've done it for a long time um but I feel like just being non-monogamous works for me now you know like I'm just I'm able I'm just able to be free um 
but having a primary partner like um is is better for me like having one primary partner and with being able to meet new people and talk to different people like I like that. I love that. It don't have to be sexual. Like, it don't have to, you know, I'm not cheating. <laughs> so, um, I, I'm just doing, I would do what works for me, which is a non-monogamous relationship. That's what's up. So, um, how does it work for you as far as, like, where are some boundaries or rules or expectations that you have that make it work for you um, in that type of relationship arrangement? with you yeah <laughs> um so i feel like some like boundary I, I don't have much because i feel like there's like maybe one or two or three things and i feel like one the main one is like having unprotected sex with like multiple people like that's a like a boundary for me like I'm not doing it <laughs> no. um and I would prefer for you know like my primary not to but I have no control over that um I would and I would kind of like put it under like just respecting me you know and my body and my health and I will hope you know you do the same as well for you um um another thing is just like communicating with me you know like not being secret um secretive about certain things but just communicate with me like it don't have everything doesn't have to be in detail um like if you meet new people or like if you do this you going out or whatever the case may be like you know communicate that to me um they'll not it don't have to be daily check-ins but I feel like Check-ins with, with each other um, helps as well. Um, and reassurance. Like, I'm a reassurance type of girl. So, <laughs> I love, I like to be reassured um, often. So. Those are really good boundaries to have. Um, especially the last one that you mentioned about reassurance. I think we talked about that offline before. Mm-hmm. With um, I can't quite remember the exact context, but uh, one of those things being um, when uh, someone wants to, or someone meets, and I think this kind of goes back to the fear uh, element that kind of goes with um, some of the cons of a non-monogamous relationship. But I think reassurance is one of the things, not the thing, but one of those things that kind of decreases and alleviate some of that fear mm -hmm. um, that some people experience and one way to reassure because sometimes people say just reassure me but sometimes words ain't always going to cut it you know mm -hmm. I think a lot of times it's the actions combined Action. with the words and right. sometimes the actions aren't always just going to cut it sometimes you need to hear how much you love somebody how much you want to be with them how much you it, how good they make you feel you know a gift that they got you so many different things so I think when you have a good balance of the words and the actions that match up with the words, it's mm -hmm. one thing that have actions, but the actions don't match the words you're saying. It's kind of like, well, you doing something, but that don't match the, what you said, <laughs> you know? So um, 
I think that's really good uh, to have that reassurance. And I think one of the things that we talked about offline really was doing the things that you did to like really bring in and attract your partner. Right. Um, not necessarily a, and, or if you, if you're doing something with someone else, partner B, you can't stop doing what you were doing with partner A that, really made that person really attracted to you, really fall in love with you. Because now you're kind of somewhat breaking an agreement. So um, you're not reassuring me. You're not doing the things that you were doing. And I think even outside of a non-monogamous relationship, even in monogamous relationships too, I think when people date for long periods of time, it's very natural for a relationship to kind of get stale. And it's also very natural to have wandering eyes and wandering fingers too you start liking posts on social media from people you don't follow you'll probably never meet in life and now your partner is seeing some of those likes like yo what are you liking this person's picture for and the, the guy gets defensive like oh it's just a picture you know it, well if it's just a picture like why you like it <laughs> you know like obviously so now it creates a different set of issues and like you don't like none of my pictures well i see you all the time babe. like I, I tell you that you know so it, what makes it different though what makes liking pictures different than what telling your partner like why why wouldn't i mean if you're if you're able to answer it like why not like why not tell, why not compliment your um your partner on social media the same way you compliment other people like what makes it different that you told her before she before she walked out the house like you look beautiful like you look stunning and then when she posts a picture you following each other and then you just bypass the picture <laughs> that's a really good question that's a really good question i think there shouldn't be a difference to your point if you like in other joints pictures on social media and you do not know them and you're not liking your shorties your partner's pictures at all that's a problem now that's a big problem now well, you know, playing an unbiased advocate here. If somebody's doing things that your partner isn't doing and you like those, then that's a natural reason to like it. Is he's like, why you don't like my pictures? Well, you're not doing this, you know. But to not like any of the pictures at all. If the pictures are just like, let's just say, for example, they just a bunch of inspirational quotes. <laughs> but it's another joint on here. She half naked, she's shaking that ass, then naturally you're gonna like the post. You know what I mean? You may not be inspired by why these posts like that. Hey, that's a bad. That's a bad, don't don't ever say that again. Don't ever come to <laughs> <it> again. <laughs> don't. <laughs> it might have been a bad comparison, but it's a real one. So uh, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but like all I was saying, you know, there is just that. At the end, like ultimately, like um, man or woman, you can't give someone else more energy than the energy that you're giving your primary partner, or the person that you date. Regardless of the regard, it has to be the exact same, if not more. Like you gotta, and I think for me, I'll speak on some of my boundaries. Like one of my boundaries is like with respect to having additional partners. Is like if I have another partner, they can't be more demanding than you are. <laughs> and I don't even think you're that demanding. And that's not like a slight to you at all, but like how are you more demanding than somebody that I've 
plan on marrying one day or how do I, are you more demanding than somebody that I've known for like four plus, you know, years, dating four years now. Like you can't be on some, I want to do this. I want to do that. It's like, you know, that's doing too much, you know? So, um, and if you want to communicate, like it has to be a seamless communication, you know, in terms of like maintenance, like you and I talk every day. Most of the time it's multiple times throughout the day. A lot of times it's, a phone call that may last up to an hour or two. So if you require more than that, it's not going to work. Because <laughs> now you start to interfere with you. So with Mocha. So, um, and that's going to affect the relationship. And once that, like, any relationship in addition should be adding value, not taking away. From an asset. Business. An asset, right. For sure. You don't need no liabilities, people. So if you listening, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 like that that takes a lot of um like select you have to be very selective with who you choose to date, who yep. you choose to go to that level have sex with. Um uh, we haven't had like a threesome situation before. So I think that would be a very new experience for us with, with that selection process should we ever cross that bridge? But I think one of the things that kind of makes our relationship work is like on like the kink spectrum, I'm very vanilla. (laughs) (laughs) But there are some things that um, I think for some people that are probably like just as if not more vanilla than me, like they would think like, oh, wow, you real kinky. Like the whole voyeurism thing is my thing. I I like being watched. I like watching. You know, but I don't feel like I need to be in some big orgy or nothing. (laughs) And I think that's what um, is a stereotype. Tell somebody, like, I'm polyamorous or uh, I practice my partner in our non-monogamous relationship. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's a very interesting thing to kind of observe and experience, you know, in our in our last, you know, few years of, of doing this type of relationship arrangement in an ethical way. So, um, you're a parent. And uh, one of the things that I'm interested in or I've always been interested in is, like, how people date as a parent versus, you know, how they how they date as a single. Some people, like, they don't care. They still act like they single. Like, they ain't got children <laughs> or, or a child raised, but Somebody like yourself who I really respect, like you're very, very mindful about how you move out here. Um, not only as a woman, but as a parent too, you know, and what you want, you know, just see. So like, do you notice any differences um, once you became a parent, how you date? Um, or do you feel like you've always been kind of like reserved with your dating style even before you became a parent? That's a good question. I feel like before Aiden, I was wild. (laughs) (laughs) I was in the streets, baby. Not joking, but (laughs) I was dating freely. Like Mm. it didn't matter what they did for work. They was in. They was what Carisha be saying, a hood nigga. Like (laughs) (laughs) it didn't matter. Like I was just dating, and. I felt like if they met my needs sexually, financially, I was good. I wasn't really looking for someone 
to fulfill my needs. Like I wasn't looking for someone for emo- like emotional support then, like before I became a parent, because like I said, like I was just more so like, I'm out here. Like, <laughs> and I feel like now that things has changed, you know, becoming a parent because um, one, like my son depends on me. He depends on me, you know, to provide that emotional support, that financial support, that, you know, physical support. And I feel like someone, they got, whoever I'm dating have to at least match that in a way where they're providing that to me. Um, Don't have to be like, you know, a hundred percent, but provide some type of um, support. And it, it matters now where they work. <laughs> they could not, they can't be a hood nigga. <laughs> <laughs> it matters. It matters. You know, like, um, because my son is gonna, he's eventually, if whoever, you know, like I'm dating you per se, because you are who I am dating, who I am um, in a relationship with. So what you do for work matters, you know, like I can't bring someone home um and introduce them to my son who's in the streets, you know, like kids feed off of stuff. They feed off of that. And it matters to me. You know, I'm I'm getting older, um, not younger, and it and it matters like what you do for work, like you know, how you are like emotionally and, and stuff like that. So um yeah. I feel like it definitely has changed. <laughs> For me, since becoming a parent, on like my preference in dating. Wow, yeah, that's that sounds like growth to me, and um, I think that is a positive thing. You know that you are that mindful about life in that way, and in your own evolution and growth that way. Because I mean, you just turned thirty, so I mean. <laughs> And eight minutes, five. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> but what I was trying to get to there is like, you're still like, well, basically, when you had, you know, Aiden, like, you were pretty young. You know, what I mean, obviously, there's a lot of women out here and young ladies out here who have children a lot younger than that. But you were still relatively young, so it's very, I would imagine, it was tempting and easy sometimes to want to just still be a young self, but being a parent helped you like accelerated your growth in adulthood in a totally different way. I think as we all evolve into adulthood, we go through different stages of growth, um, you know, in our twenties and our thirties, so on and so forth. I think adulthood and what that looks like and our perspective on that changes as we enter into different decades of life. But, you know, if, if you could start over, you think you would have waited a little later? You feel like that was a good age to, to kind of start that? What do you think is a good age to start having children? Um, yes, I would have waited um, to have a child. Although my son, although Aiden means a lot to me, um, and I have been through obstacles and and changes in life and been through experience like with them I feel like with I feel like adding him 
to my life, like, he was a blessing, in a sense, because I feel like without him, I don't know where I would be, truthfully. And I would have waited to have children, um, to be, like, financially, more financially and emotionally stable. Mm. Um... Although I feel like you can still like pursue any goals or dreams that you have after having children, I feel like it's so much easier to do without children. Mm-hmm. You know, with the um, having like finding childcare and just finding a strong support system. You know, like they're saying they say it takes a village. <laughs> that's real stuff. Like that's real shit right there. And it takes a village, you know, like when you want to pursue certain goals and dreams that you you have to take away so much time from your your offspring, like it it definitely like you'll see it in the kid. Like there's going to be certain things they're going to lack, you know, in their growth because of you not being there, you know. So that's why I feel like I would have like if I could start over, yeah, I would wait, you know, like. Because being away from him when I was away from him, like, I didn't, that wasn't my intentions to, you know, like, to be away from my child. But, yeah. But, and, and as parents, like, we got to do what we have to do to provide, you know, for our for ourselves and for our, our children. So, yeah. That's real, babe. Um, so, with... You know, that being said, um, especially kind of like going back to like dating different um, as a parent. um, At what point did you know, like, okay, I'm ready to introduce Jay to my son. I feel like to the point that you mentioned earlier, like I know where he works (laughs) because obviously we used to work together. Mm. Even when we didn't directly, you still know our work indirectly. so like at what point, and you know I wasn't really in the streets in the in the way like hood niggas are, but you know, <laughs> like, I like to get active from time to time. But I really be in the house before like midnight most time. <laughs> so uh, you know, at what point did it come to you like like I've been messing with him for a while now. He's good people. He's satisfying me like sexually and you know financially. He's in a pretty good place. Like. At what point? Because you know, Aiden wasn't really around while we were dating. You know, when we worked together, so right. all been in a long distance relationship. Um, kind of probably was something that also take into consideration. You know, at what point did you feel like you know that was a good time to be like, all right, I think he's ready, or he's, uh, you know, meets my criteria for that. Well, first off, um. I knew from the moment you made it very, very clear um, what our relationship was going to be and what your plans were for us. And then once I knew that, I kind of thought about everything else that kind of made you in like to this man, like you were the one, you know, to meet my son, you know, like very respectful. You have a good relationship with your parents. Um, he's, you're kind, your intentions are pure, genuine, you know, loving. So I just knew that 
when you were very clear as to what it is that we're doing and what it is that you were doing with me, you know, and accepting, you know, my baggage. <laughs> um, so I just knew then, like it was, it was time. And, you know, we've been dating for some, some time as well, prior on, on and off. Yeah. Our history. So, yeah. No, I appreciate that. I know that wasn't like a easy decision. Um, you know, I think with, with, I would imagine like with that, that's one of them decisions you got to separate your heart from your mind on. And once you feel like they're aligned, it would probably make it a little bit easier and more comfortable to use. It was kind of like, all right, well, whenever you're ready type stuff. Um, it's not something that you can, not like a casual relationship. We kind of go in like, well, I'm feeling this. Like, I'll figure out the rest later. Like, you know, it's just like, whoa, me and my son or whoa, me and mom dukes or whoa, let me, uh, tell me what you think about us, <laughs> you know, before. Mm-hmm. And, and I see how you moving and that's cool. I, I admire that, but you know, um, meeting family, especially like a child is just different. But, um, you know, those are a lot of the questions that I really wanted to ask you. Is there anything that you had in your, on your mind that you wanted to ask me or anything else that you wanted to add or share? Well, I know you asked me, um, how does the indifferently as a parent compared to when I didn't have a child? Has dating changed for you since having Aiden in your life and you're act like you're a father figure to him? Like, has your dating preferences changed? It's a really good question. And um, I don't think my dating preferences have changed since then. I think my dating preferences changed once I decided to um, basically live a polyamorous lifestyle. However, I will say having Aiden as part of my life has definitely changed how I date though. So the main difference being that um, I would say it, it changes how I date you first of all. So um, that's, that's, I'll start there. It changes how I date you because I think that um, everything needs to be intentional and have purpose to it because how our, our relationship is going to impact him. The more I'm a part of his life, the more he's a part of my life. Like all of our lives are starting to merge and blend together. Like I'm having more responsibility than I didn't have before. And a lot of that, you you know, is one thing I really respect about you is like you kept that away from me. Not to say that I asked you to, it was just something like you did instinctively as a mother, as a woman, like, there's something I really respected about that. You didn't like push it up on me, like, hey, so I got a son. I he need a, you know, a guy to be his father figure. Like, what's up? You know, it was just one of the things that just happened very naturally and organically. And I think that's one reason that made me feel more confident about stepping into that role. Um, so I also take that role like more seriously in the terms of like what are things that I need to do to have a positive impact like on his life as well. Um, we've talked about adoption. We've talked about 
discipline. We've talked about a lot of different things. Um, without me necessarily being his like legal guardian just yet, but I think is a, a process of doing that. And I think it's good for he and I to have a relationship before we go to that level. And I think that's one of the things that I and take very seriously. I don't take very casually at all. And I think that makes me want to be more committed to like our relationship and, and building for that. Cause you can't just, well, the type of person I am, I don't want to just bail out on something like that. You know, um, I know that as, is a stereotype about a lot of black men. Um, and it's something that it, it, it definitely hurts. It, Cause I'm a black man as well. And I see, you know, um, you know, black men that do that. And it's our role to hold those type of men accountable as well. But it's also our responsibility to step up when we have the opportunity to do so. And a lot of men don't want to do that. They prefer to just either be single their whole lives or um, date someone who doesn't have a, a child and then start a family with them, which is, you know, everybody has their boundaries. I respect that. I was, that was me for a very long time. But sometimes life and God has a way of challenging your beliefs and pre presents you with convictions. And once you understand those convictions, you like, and, and you believe them in your heart, then you just step into that role and take everything that comes along with it. And like, to your point, there's a lot of blessings that come along with that as well. So that's one of the ways that I date different because I know that as I, as you and I continue our relationship, I, I'm going to naturally grow into um, a father, like legally. So that comes with a lot of different responsibilities. It makes me a little bit more focused as well and purposeful in, in my life as well. And also outside of our relationship dating wise, um, I think I'm, I probably am like a lot less risky and, and more selective with the partners that I deal with because so one of the fears that you have, even for me, a fear of mine is like, I wouldn't want to get someone else pregnant. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't want to um, do anything that would affect our relationship um, because then that would affect my relationship with him. So, um, that, those are some of the things that I think about with respect to dating differently um, uh, while dating you and becoming more of a father figure. Okay. Anything else? Do you feel like you reassure? Do you feel like you provide like enough reassurance? in our relationship? Hmm. I think for myself, I think I do. Is there room for improvement? Possibly, yeah. I think there's always room for improvement, but as of, as of like where we are in our relationship in terms of like the arrangement of it, is it being a long distance one? I think based upon like my communication style and my love languages that I do. Um, now, does it meet your expectations all the time? Probably, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> you know, as as far as enough. 
um, <laughs> because I think that there are like we have our differences. Like there's certain things that love languages and needs that you have, and I think fun like the things that I need and are, are different than yours. So like there are certain things that come natural to me, and some things that probably take a little bit more work and effort. So um, as far as like reassurance in a way, like I think I'm cool with that. Yeah, as far as reassurance, as far as like what you need is probably like, probably not. <laughs> so you, I, I think like you're a you're a very romantic person, right? Like for example, <laughs> let's let's take flowers for example. Flowers aren't some like traditionally like I've been very enthusiastic about like just giving the people that I date on some like oh happy Valentine's Day or oh Merry Christmas or here's your birthday or just out of the blue, you know, um, I've tried to find different ways that I think are romantic that, you know, my partner like, might like. So I think not to say that I'm not romantic at all. I think like, if we talking about levels, like you probably like romance, the, the picture next to romance in the, in the, in the, in the, um, in the, uh, I want to say definition, but dictionary. <laughs> um, whereas me, like I have like times where I'm romantic and I think I'm more of an intimate person than like a romantic person outside of like sexual romance. So. But people change. So I feel like there's room for you know, opportunity to change and stuff like that on both ends. So, for sure. If I'd never changed, though, would you be comfortable dating the person that I am ten plus years from now? First, okay. So, ten plus years from now, would I be comfortable still dating you? Um, I believe ten plus years from now we'll, we'll be married, but I also believe that it's important to still date within your marriage. So, yes, I would. That's what's up. <laughs> Feeling is mutual. Good. Any other questions come to mind? <laughs> These are good questions. Oh, really? Um, I don't think I have... Um. I can't think of anything right now. Well, that's what's up. I mean, with that being said, I, I definitely want to thank you for joining this uh, podcast, creating this content with me. Um, this is something that I can't say that I would ever be able to do with anyone else because, like, um, you are my person. You are my life partner, and I think we both agreed to go on this journey together and take it one day at a time with the big picture in mind at the same time as well. And uh, it's been a, we've had our challenges and had adversity, but I think we've definitely had more uh, great moments than bad moments. And I think that's one of the things that keep us going. And I look forward to Going into the new year with you. We're almost at the end of the year. Um, 
this is the I think the second <laughs> year in our relationship where we will be bringing in the new year together. So I'm excited about that. You know, I think that's a very important way to, to close the year. Um. So yeah, like, uh, thank you again for joining, babe. I love you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, babe. I appreciate. Be I appreciate you having me on your your show as a guest, and I love you too. Yeah, yeah. You have to come back again sometime, um, or maybe we'll have to create our own. I think we talked <laughs> about that before too. So we don't have to come back on here. We could just create our own joint. Or I mean, obviously, you always have a, a, a invitation. So, but um, you know, if you happen to listen to this episode, thank you so much. This is a long episode. It's probably the longest episode I've ever created. But you know, I think having this very special guest, it was necessary. And um hope that if you listen all the way to this end, like, yo, shout out to you as a listener, for real. Um, yeah, shout out to you. Shout out to all <laughs> the listeners out there that is listening to this episode and to this podcast. Like, shout out to you guys. Yeah, for sure. That's love. And, um, you know, uh, feel free to leave your comments, like, um on uh, the podcast underscore THC that's on Instagram and Twitter you can also answer the question um, or the poll on Spotify only Um, so you can definitely do that Um, babe do you have any socials you're a content creator as well that people can kind of follow you on that you like to share yeah so you guys can follow me on Facebook Um, Trish Bull is my Facebook um, I'm on TikTok as Mocha Hot Latte. Okay. Um, and it's spelled Mocha Hot Latte, M O C H A L A T T E. Mocha Hot Latte. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to think, like, wait, did I just spell that incorrect? I did. But it's Mocha Hot Latte on TikTok. I'm on Instagram as Trishy Trish. And it's Trishy Trish with two eyes. So. That's what's up. Well, yeah. Thanks again, everybody, for listening, wherever you are in the world. Love you. Appreciate you. And that concludes another episode of The Heart Chakra. Peace.